the Epic of Gilgamesh, an adult brain audiobook production, read to you by Graham Dunlop. Perhaps arranged in the 15th century BC, the Epic of Gilgamesh draws on even more ancient traditions of a Sumerian king who ruled a great city in what is now southern Iraq around 2800 BC. This poem, more lyric than epic in fact, is the earliest extant monument of great literature, presenting archetypal themes of friendship, renown, and facing up to mortality, and it may well have exercised influence on both Genesis and the Homeric epics. Prologue He had seen everything, had experienced all emotions, from exaltation to despair, had been granted a vision into the great mystery, the secret places, the primeval days before the flood. He had journeyed to the edge of the world and made his way back, exhausted but whole. He had carved his trials on stone tablets, had restored the holy Iana Temple and the massive wall of Uruk, which no city on earth can equal. See how its ramparts gleam like copper in the sun. Climb the stone staircase, more ancient than the mind can imagine. Approach the Iana Temple, sacred to Ishtar a temple that no king has equaled in size or beauty. Walk on the wall of Uruk, follow its course around the city, inspect its mighty foundations, examine its brickwork, how masterfully it is built, observe the land it encloses, the palm trees, the gardens, the orchards, the glorious palaces and temples, the shops and marketplaces, the houses, the public squares, Find the cornerstone, and under it the copper box that is marked with his name. Unlock it. Open the lid. Take out the tablet of lapis lazuli. Read how Gilgamesh suffered all and accomplished all. Book One Surpassing all kings, powerful and tall beyond all others, violent, splendid, a wild bull of a man unvanquished leader, hero in the front lines, beloved by his soldiers. Fortress, they called him, protector of the people, raging flood that destroys all defenses. Two-thirds divine and one-third human, son of King Lugolbanda, who became a god, and of the goddess Ninsun. He opened the mountain passes, dug wells on the slopes, crossed the vast ocean, sailed to the rising sun, journeyed to the edge of the world in search of an eternal life, and once he found Utnapishtim, the man who survived the great flood and was made immortal. He brought back the ancient forgotten rites, restoring the temples that the flood had destroyed, renewing the statutes and sacraments for the welfare of the people in the sacred land. Who is like Gilgamesh? What other king has inspired such awe? Who else can say? I alone rule supreme among mankind. The goddess, Aruru, mother of creation, had designed his body, had made him the strongest of men, huge, handsome, radiant, perfect. The city is his possession. He struts through it, arrogant, his head raised high, trampling its citizens like a wild bull. He is king, he does whatever he wants, takes the son from his father and crushes him takes the girl from her mother and uses her. The warrior's daughter, the young man's bride, he uses her. No one dares to oppose him. 
But the people of Uruk cried out to heaven, and their lamentation was heard. The gods are not unfeeling. Their hearts were touched. They went to Anu, father of them all, protector of the realm of sacred Uruk, and spoke to him on the people's behalf. Heavenly Father, Gilgamesh, noble as he is, splendid as he is, has exceeded all bounds. The people suffer from his tyranny. The people cry out that he takes the son from his father and crushes him, takes the girl from her mother and uses her. The warrior's daughter, the young man's bride, he uses her. No one dares to oppose him. Is this how you want your king to rule? Should a shepherd savage his own flock? Father, do something, quickly, before the people overwhelm heaven with their heart-rending cries. Anu heard them. He nodded his head. Then to the goddess, mother of creation, he called out, Aruru, you are the one who created humans. Now go and create a double for Gilgamesh, his second self, a man who equals his strength and courage, a man who equals his stormy heart. Create a new hero. Let them balance each other perfectly, so that Uruk has peace. When Aruru heard this, she closed her eyes, and what Anu had commanded she formed in her mind. She moistened her hands, she pinched off some clay, she threw it into the wilderness, kneaded it, shaped it to her idea, and fashioned a man, a warrior, a hero. Enkidu the Brave, as powerful and fierce as the war god Ninurta. Hair covered his body. Hair grew thick on his head and hung down to his waist like a woman's hair. He roamed all over the wilderness, naked, far from the cities of men, ate grass with gazelles, and when he was thirsty he drank clear water from the waterholes, kneeling beside the antelope and deer. One day, a human, a trapper, saw him drinking with the animals at a waterhole. The trapper's heart pounded, his face went white, his legs shook, he was numb with terror. The same thing happened a second, a third day. Fear gripped his belly. He looked drained and haggard like someone who has been on a long, hard journey. He went to his father. Father, I have seen a savage man at the waterhole. He must be the strongest man in the world with muscles like rock. I have seen him outrun the swiftest animals. He lives among them, eats grass with gazelles, and when he is thirsty he drinks clear water from the waterholes. I haven't approached him. I am too afraid. He fills in the pits I have dug. He tears out the traps I have set. He frees the animals, and I can catch nothing. My livelihood is gone. Son, in Uruk there lives a man named Gilgamesh. He is king of that city and the strongest man in the world, they say, with muscles like rock. Go now to Uruk. Go to Gilgamesh. Tell him what happened. Then follow his advice. He will know what to do. He made the journey. He stood before Gilgamesh in the center of Uruk. He told him about the savage man. The king said, Go to the temple of Ishtar. Ask them there for a woman named Shamhat, one of the priestesses who give their bodies to any man, in honor of the goddess. Take her into the wilderness. When the animals are drinking at the waterhole, tell her to strip off her robe and lie there naked, ready with her legs apart. The wild man will approach. Let her use her love arts. Nature will take its course. And then the animals who knew him in the wilderness will be bewildered and will leave him forever. The trapper found Shamat, Ishtar's priestess, and they went off into the wilderness. 
For three days they walked. On the third day they reached the waterhole. There they waited. For two days they sat as the animals came to drink clear water. Early in the morning of the third day, Inkidu came and knelt down to drink clear water with the antelope and deer. They looked in amazement. The man was huge and beautiful. Deep in Shamhat's loins, desire stirred. Her breath quickened as she stared at this primordial being. Look, the trapper said. There he is. Now use your love art. Strip off your robe and lie here naked with your legs apart. Stir up his lust when he approaches. Touch him. Excitement. Take his breath with your kisses. Show him what a woman is. The animals who knew him in the wilderness will be bewildered and will leave him forever. She stripped off her robe and lay there naked with her legs apart, touching herself. Enkidu saw her and warily approached. He sniffed the air. He gazed at her body. He drew close. Shamhat touched him on the thigh, touched his penis, and put him inside her. She used her love arts, she took his breath with her kisses, held nothing back, and showed him what a woman is. For seven days he stayed erect and made love with her, until he had had enough. At last he stood up and walked toward the waterhole to rejoin his animals. But the gazelles saw him and scattered, the antelope and deer bounded away. He tried to catch up, but his body was exhausted, his life force was spent. His knees trembled. He could no longer run like an animal, as he had before. He turned back to Shamat, and as he walked, he knew that his mind had somehow grown larger. He knew things now that an animal can't know. Enkidu sat down at Shamat's feet. He looked at her, and he understood all the words she was speaking to him. Now, Enkidu, you know what it is to be with a woman, to unite with her. You are beautiful. You are like a god. Why should you roam the wilderness and live like an animal? Let me take you to Great Walled Uruk, to the Temple of Ishtar, to the palace of Gilgamesh, the mighty king, who in his arrogance oppresses the people, trampling upon them like a wild bull. She finished, and Enkidu nodded his head. Deep in his heart he felt something stir, a longing he had never known before, the longing for a true friend. Enkidu said, I will go, Shamat. Take me with you to Great Walled Uruk, to the Temple of Ishtar, to the Palace of Gilgamesh the Mighty King. I will challenge him. I will shout to his face. I am the mightiest. I am the man who can make the world tremble. I am supreme. Come, said Shamat. Let us go to Uruk. I will lead you to Gilgamesh the Mighty King. You will see the great city with its massive wall. You will see the young men dressed in their splendor, in the finest linen and embroidered wool, brilliantly colored with fringed shawls and wide belts. Every day is a festival in Uruk, with people singing and dancing in the streets, musicians playing their lyres and drums, the lovely priestesses standing before the temple of Ishtar, chatting and laughing, flushed with sexual joy and ready to serve men's pleasure, in honor of the goddess so that even old men are aroused from their beds. You, who are still so ignorant of life, I will show you Gilgamesh the mighty king, the hero destined for both joy and grief. You will stand before him and gaze with wonder. You will see how handsome, how virile he is, how his body pulses with erotic power. He is even taller and stronger than you, so full of life force that he needs no sleep. 
Enkidu put aside your aggression. Shamash, the sun god, loves him, and his mind has been made large by Anu, father of the gods, made large by Enlil, the god of earth, and by Ea, the god of water and wisdom. Even before you came down from the hills, you had come to Gilgamesh in a dream, and she told Enkidu what she had heard. He went to his mother, the goddess Ninsun, and asked her to interpret this dream. I saw a bright star. It shot across the morning sky. It fell at my feet and lay before me like a huge boulder. I tried to lift it, but it was too heavy. I tried to move it, but it would not budge. A crowd of people gathered around me. The people of Uruk pressed in to see it. Like a little baby, they kissed its feet. This boulder, this star that had fallen to earth. I took it in my arms. I embraced and caressed it the way a man caresses his wife. Then I took it and laid it before you. You told me that it was my double, my second self. The mother of Gilgamesh, Lady Ninsun, the wise, the all-knowing, said to her son, Dearest child, this bright star from heaven, this huge boulder that you could not lift, it stands for a dear friend, a mighty hero. You will take him in your arms, embrace, and caress him the way a man caresses his wife. He will be your double, your second self, a man who is loyal, who will stand at your side through the greatest dangers. Soon you will meet him, the companion of your heart. Your dream has said so, Gilgamesh said. May the dream come true. May the true friend appear, the true companion, who through every danger will stand at my side. When Shamat had finished speaking, Enkidu turned to her, and again they made love. Book Two Then Shamat gave Enkidu one of her robes, and he put it on. Taking his hand, she led him like a child to some shepherd's huts. Marveling, the shepherds crowded around him. What an enormous man, they whispered. How much like Gilgamesh he is. Tall and strong with muscles like rock. They led him to their table. They put bread and beer in front of him. Enkidu sat and stared. He had never seen human food. He didn't know what to do. Then Shamat said, Go ahead, Enkidu. This is food. We humans eat and drink this. Warily, he tasted the bread. Then he ate a piece. He ate a whole loaf. Then ate another. He ate until he was full drank seven pitchers of the beer. His heart grew light, his face glowed, and he sang out with joy. He had his hair cut. He washed, he rubbed sweet oil into his skin and became fully human. Shining, he looked handsome as a bridegroom. When the shepherds lay down, Enkidu went out with sword and spear. He chased off lions and wolves. All night he guarded the flocks. He stayed awake and guarded them while the shepherds slept. One day, while he was making love, he looked up and saw a young man pass by. Shamat, he said, bring that man here. I want to talk to him. Where is he going? She called out, then went to the man and said, Where are you going in such a rush? The man said to Enkidu, I'm on my way to a wedding banquet. I've piled the table with exquisite food for the ceremony. The priest will bless the young couple. The guests will rejoice. The bridegroom will step aside. 
and the virgin will wait in the marriage bed for Gilgamesh, king of great-walled Uruk. It is he who mates first with the lawful wife. After he is done, the bridegroom follows. This is the order that the gods have decreed. From the moment the king's birth cord was cut, every girl's hymen has belonged to him. As he listened, Enkidu's face went pale with anger. I will go to Uruk now, to the palace of Gilgamesh, the mighty king. I will challenge him. I will shout to his face, I am the mightiest. I am the man who can make the world tremble. I am supreme. Together they went to Great Walled Uruk, Enkidu in front, Shamat behind him. When he walked into the main street of Uruk, the people gathered around him, marveling. The crowds kept pressing closer to him. Like a little baby, they kissed his feet. What an enormous man, they whispered. How much like Gilgamesh, not quite so tall but strong-boned. In the wilderness, he grew up eating grass. With gazelles, he was nursed on the milk of antelope and deer. Gilgamesh truly has met his match. This wild man can rival the mightiest of kings. The wedding ritual had taken place. The musicians were playing their drums and lyres. The guests were eating, singing, and laughing. The bride was ready for Gilgamesh. As though for a god, she was waiting in her bed to open to him in honor of Ishtar, to forget her husband and open to the king. When Gilgamesh reached the marriage house, Enkidu was there. He stood like a boulder, blocking the door. Gilgamesh, raging, stepped up and seized him. Huge arms gripped huge arms. Foreheads crashed like wild bulls. The two men staggered. They pitched against houses. The doorposts trembled. The outer walls shook. They careened through the streets. They grappled each other, limbs intertwined, each huge body straining to break free from the other's embrace. Finally, Gilgamesh threw the wild man and with his right knee pinned him to the ground. His anger left him. He turned away. The contest was over. Enkidu said, Gilgamesh, you are unique among humans. Your mother, the goddess Ninsun, made you stronger and braver than any mortal, and rightly has Enlil granted you the kingship, since you are destined to rule over men. They embraced and kissed. They held hands like brothers. They walked side by side. They became true friends. Book 3 Time passed quickly. Gilgamesh said, Now we must travel to the cedar forest, where the fierce monster Humbaba lives. We must kill him and drive out evil from the world. Enkidu sighed, his eyes filled with tears. Gilgamesh said, why are you sighing? Why, dear friend, do your eyes fill with tears? Enkidu answered, Dear friend, a scream sticks in my throat. My arms are limp. I knew that country when I roamed the hills with the antelope and deer. The forest is endless. It spreads far and wide for a thousand miles. What man would dare to penetrate its depths? Gilgamesh said, Listen, dear friend. Even if the forest goes on forever, I have to enter it, climb its slopes, cut down a cedar that is tall enough to make a whirlwind as it falls to earth. Enkidu said, But how can any man dare to enter the cedar forest? It is sacred to Enlil. 
Hasn't he declared its entrance forbidden? Hasn't he put Humbaba there to terrify men? We must not go on this journey. We must not fight this creature. His breath spews fire. His voice booms like thunder. His jaws are death. He can hear all sounds in the forest, even the faintest rustling among the leaves. He will hear us a hundred miles away. Who among men or gods could defeat him? Humbaba is the forest's guardian, and Leel put him there to terrify men. Whoever enters will be struck down by fear. Gilgamesh answered, Why, dear friend, do you speak like a coward? What you just said is unworthy of you. It grieves my heart. We are not gods. We cannot ascend to heaven. No, we are mortal men. Only the gods live forever. Our days are few in number, and whatever we achieve is a puff of wind. Why be afraid, then, since sooner or later death must come? Where is the courage you have always had? If I die in the forest on this great adventure, won't you be ashamed when people say, Gilgamesh met a hero's death battling the monster Humbaba? And where was Enkidu? He was safe at home. You were raised in the mountains. With your own hands, you have killed marauding lions and wolves. You are brave. Your heart has been tested in combat. But whether you come along or not, I will cut down the tree. I will kill Humbaba. I will make a lasting name for myself. I will stamp my fame on men's minds forever. Gilgamesh bolted the seven gates of Great Walled Uruk, and the people gathered. Crowds of them poured out into the streets. Gilgamesh spoke. Hear me, elders of Great Walled Uruk. I must travel now to the cedar forest where the fierce monster Humbaba lives. I will conquer him in the cedar forest. I will cut down the tree. I will kill Humbaba. The whole world will know how mighty I am. I will make a lasting name for myself. I will stamp my fame on men's minds forever. Then Gilgamesh turned to the young man and spoke. Hear me, young men of Great Walled Uruk, warriors and comrades who have fought at my side. I will journey to meet the monster Humbaba. I will walk a road that no man has traveled. I will face a combat that no man has known. Give me your blessing before I leave, so that I may come back from the cedar forest victorious and see your faces again. Once again may I celebrate the new year with you in the streets of Great Walled Uruk, to the lyre's sound and the beat of the drums. Enkidu stood up. There were tears in his eyes. Elders of Uruk, persuade the king not to go to the cedar forest, not to fight the fierce monster Humbaba, whose roar booms forth like a thunderclap, whose breath spews fire, whose jaws are death, who can hear all sounds in the forest, even the faintest rustling among the leaves. Who among men or gods could defeat him? Humbaba is the forest's guardian. Enlil put him there to terrify men. The elders bowed to the king and said, You are young, sire. Your heart beats high and runs away with you. Why do you wish to embark on this folly? We have heard of Humbaba. He is dangerous. He is horrible to look at. His breath spews fire. His jaws are death. How can any man, even you, dare to enter the cedar forest? Who among men or gods could defeat him? Humbaba is the forest's guardian, and Leo put him there to terrify men. After he had listened to the elders' words, Gilgamesh laughed. He got up and said, Dear friend, 
Tell me, has your courage returned? Are you ready to leave? Or are you still afraid of dying a hero's death? Enkidu, let us go to the forge and order the smiths to make us weapons that only the mightiest heroes could use. Enkidu listened gravely. He stood silent there for a long time. At last he nodded. Gilgamesh took his hand. The smiths listened to their instructions. They cast huge weapons that ordinary men could never carry. Axes that weighed 200 pounds each, knives with cross guards and heavy mountings of solid gold. Each man carried weapons and armor weighing more than 600 pounds. Gilgamesh said, Before we leave, let us pay a visit to my mother's temple. Let us go and speak to the Lady Ninsun, the wise, the all-knowing. Let us bow before her. Let us ask for her blessing and her advice. Hand in hand, the two friends walked to Ninsun's temple. Gilgamesh bowed to his mother, the goddess Ninsun, and said, I must travel now to the cedar forest. I must journey to meet the fierce monster Humbaba. I must walk a road that no man has traveled. I must face a combat that no man has known. Dear mother, great goddess, help me in this. Give me your blessing before I leave so that I may come back from the cedar forest victorious and see your face again. Ninsun listened to his words with sorrow. With sorrow she entered her inner room. She bathed in water of tamarisk and soapwort. She put on her finest robe, a wide belt, a jeweled necklace, then put on her crown. She climbed the stairs and went up to the roof. She lit sweet incense in honor of Shamash. She lifted her arms in prayer and said, Lord of heaven, you have granted my son beauty and strength and courage. Why have you burdened him with a restless heart? Now you have stirred him up to attack the monster Humbaba, to make a long journey from which he may not return. Since he has resolved to go, protect him until he arrives at the cedar forest, until he kills the monster Humbaba and drives from the world the evil that you hate. Protect him each day as you cross the sky, and at twilight, May Aya, your bride, entrust him to the valiant stars, the watchmen of the night. O Lord, Shamash, glorious sun, delight of the gods, illuminator of the world, who rise and the light is born, it fills the heavens, the whole earth takes shape, the mountains form, the valleys grow bright, darkness vanishes, evil retreats. All creatures wake up and open their eyes, they see you, they are filled with joy, protect my son. On his dangerous journey, let the days be long, let the nights be short, let his stride be vigorous and his legs sturdy. When he and his dear friend Enkidu arrive, stir up strong winds against Humbaba, the south wind, the north wind, the east and the west, storm wind, gale wind, hurricane, tornado, to pin Humbaba, to paralyze his steps and make it easy for my son to kill him. Then your swift mules will carry you onward to your stopping place and bed for the night. The gods will bring luscious food to delight you. Aya will dry your face with the fringe of her pure white robe. Hear me, O Lord, protect my son. In your great mercy, lead him to the forest, then bring him home. After she prayed, the goddess Ninsun, the wise, the all-knowing, came down from the roof and summoned Enkidu. Dear child, she said, You were not born from my womb, but now I adopt you as my son. She hung a jeweled amulet around Enkidu's neck. 
as a priestess takes in an abandoned child, I have taken in Enkidu as my own son. May he be a brother for Gilgamesh. May he guide him to the forest and bring him home. Enkidu listened. Tears filled his eyes. He and Gilgamesh clasped hands like brothers. They took their weapons. The massive axes, the massive knives, the quivers, the bows. The elders made way. The young men cheered. The elders stood up and addressed the king. Come back safely to Great Walled Uruk. Do not rely on your strength alone, but be watchful, be wary, make each blow count. Remember what the ancient proverb says. If you walk in front, you protect your comrade. If you know the route, you safeguard your friend. Let Enkidu go ahead as you walk. He knows the way to the cedar forest. He is tested in battle. He is brave and strong. He will guard you at every stage of the journey. Through every danger, he will stand at your side. May Shamash grant you your heart's desire. May the path to the cedar forest be straight. May the nights be safe, with no dangers lurking. May your father Lugobanda protect you. May you conquer Humbaba. May the battle be quick. May you joyfully wash your feet in his river. Dig a well when you stop for the night. Fill your water skins with fresh water. Each day make an offering to Shamash. And remember Lugobanda, your father, who journeyed to far-off mountains himself. The elders turned to Enkidu and said, We leave the king in your care. Protect him. Guide him through all the treacherous passes. Show him where to find food and where to dig for fresh water. Lead him to the forest and fight at his side. May Shamash help you. May the gods grant your heart's desire and bring you back safe to Great Walled Uruk. Enkidu said to Gilgamesh, Since you must do this, I must go with you. So let us leave. Let our hearts be fearless. I will go first since I know the way to the cedar forest where Humbaba lives. Thank you for listening to this sample. To continue listening to this book and for access to all of our other full audiobooks, please subscribe for $7.77 per month. Go to adultbrain.ca or follow the link in the show notes. This will be a completely separate podcast with a new RSS feed and will have all the titles from this feed as well. Thank you for your help and support in bringing rare and forgotten books to audio for the world.